Spider-Verse Part 2. Time travelers, welcome back to this com- the comic book time machine. I'm Matt Anderson, and today, once again, joined by my friend David Hunt. Hello, David. Hello, Matt. How are you doing today? Doing great. You've you've done the whole journey with me. Here we are. We're going to conclude the Spider Verse talk, and so you've been there for all of the the prelude and all of the main issues. So thanks for joining me on this. Oh, it's no problem at all. It's it's been a, a joy to do it. It's good to have a friend who has been reading the issues with me, so that we can talk it through. And I'm interested to see if you have any insights on things I may have missed or just uh, things you want to add into the experience. But uh, as we record this now, Spider-Verse ended maybe about a month ago. We have read... Well, actually, I haven't checked with you. I've read every tie-in issue that's connected with it. Have you also? Yep, okay. read every single one. So we're totally caught up. And then um, maybe we'll talk a, a little bit about this at the end, but I know that both you and I are not continuing with Spider-Man after Spider-Verse. Not because, well, for me, it's not because I don't like Spider-Man. I just feel like I just bought a ton of individual issues to do this event, so I'm fine waiting for the trade for whatever the next storyline is. How about you? Yeah, it's definitely um, definitely a budget-wise, it's not really possible for me to, right now, uh, continue on with them. But yeah, I'll probably um, catch them in the trades once they're in the library. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, I do the same thing. Me and Daniel Butcher actually uh, go to the same library, and so... Uh, yeah, I wait for a lot for the trade. So, yeah, waiting for the trade on the next storyline has nothing to do with my enjoyment of this series. I just, yeah, just budget reasons. So, all right. Uh, where we left off, we are going um, issue by issue through not just the main Spider-Verse event storyline, but also the tie-in issues. And we are following Marvel's official checklist, its reading order. And we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, David, but this reading order that Marvel gave us actually led to a huge spoiler that we'll talk about later yeah it's it's and it's not just like something small that's like oh that's a bummer but yeah it's 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 quite large yeah so, so we'll get there shortly but um for now i think so we left off with scarlet spiders number one is the last issue we covered so that leads us into spider-man 2099 issue number six so uh, I told you this again before we start recording. I have little mini summaries, but let's just kind of go back and forth. Or if there's one you particularly like, uh, you can take in. I'll do the same. So how about this guy? Did you like Spider-Man 2099? Um, I did. Uh, I, I thought it was a good issue. Um, the Are we just going to jump right yeah, into d- it? Or do yeah, you jump go? in. We're doing all spoilers for the Spider-Verse event. So any, uh, any issue we discuss on this episode is going to be spoiled completely so uh here we go all right so um the the six-armed peter parker died in this issue and that really bummed me out because i i like that guy i know he was unique uh he was fun to have around uh it seemed like he had a specialty when it came to bioscience but uh yeah they got rid of him and um he was actually from the uh what if number 42 and in that issue like um everything worked out for him you know like since he had these extra arms he could um he could he he was a better spider-man than the peter parker than we know so it's kind of a bummer that this is how how it ended for him i know 
And in some ways, no, uh, we're not going to spoil anything with Avengers, but I think if you've been listening to recent Marvel news, you know that the Marvel multiverse is heading towards a big shakeup. So in some ways, I feel like Spider-Verse came at the perfect time because Dan Slott, the writer, can do whatever he wants with any of these characters because I think, and I, I could be wrong about this, but based on early reports, it it almost, I mean, the people in the multiverse were going to be destroyed one way or another, so why not right. in Spider-Verse? Yeah, this, this felt to me sort of like a trial for... Uh, for the the Secret Wars, yeah, because it's like right now we're just going to use the Spider characters uh, for the most part, but then later on you're going to be able to see maybe other characters from these other worlds that you haven't met before. Exactly. Well, you know, I, again, I I know we have so much to talk about with Spider Verse. We shouldn't talk too much about Secret Wars, but I did notice something that reminded me of Spider Verse um, in that uh, one of the Secret Wars miniseries that they're going to have is called Thor's plural. And it's going to have all the Thors of the multiverse all teaming <laughs> together. And they're making sort of a Thor core. <laughs> like, not core, C-O-R-E, but <laughs> like the Green Lantern core. Right. Uh, and uh, they're going to be policing Battleworld during Secret Wars. So it, oh, wow. yeah, it really reminded me of, of uh, the Spider-Verse type thing, only Thor-verse, basically. Well, so, Thor's one of my favorite characters, so I'll definitely have to check that out. You know, and it's being written by Jason Aaron, who is an amazing writer who's been doing Thor uh, most recently. And so, yeah, I think that should be a good one. So, okay, back okay, to Spider-Verse. Back to <laughs> nine, uh, 2099 before 2099. we get too far off. Yeah. Um, and and uh, t- today I actually do have the issues in front of me, so I can sort of uh, flip through them. Okay, perfect. So uh, with this one, uh, we start out uh, back in the year 2099, Earth uh, 928, and um, uh, Tyler Stone is kind of relaxing because he, he finally got rid of Spider-Man. You know, Spider-Man's gone. They sent him to the past where he doesn't have to be worried about. And then they look out the window, and sure enough, there he is with, with a couple extra people. Yeah, this was a surprise because, you know, with time travel, you never know exactly how it's going to turn out. But I, I guess time-wise, they came back just shortly after Stone sent uh, Miguel back in the first or back to the past in the first place. So not the effect he was hoping for. Yeah, and as um, his person, I, I don't know what the other guy's name is, but as he as he says, with time travel, he could have showed up before they sent him away, mm-hmm. and and that would have caused all sorts of havoc. But um, but then uh, Miguel uh, Miguel, I don't know how you actually pronounce. I his think name. it's Miguel. Yeah, Miguel and um, Lady Spider, who's the. Um, she has the the extra like mechanical arms. She's from the 1600s. Yeah, steampunk. Steampunk, yeah. Uh, and the six arm Spider Man. Uh, they show up and they meet up with um, Miguel's brother. Is it? Yeah, Gabe. Now uh, I don't know too much about this character. I read a tiny bit of Spider Man 2099, but yeah, this is his brother, Gabe. Yeah, so they meet up, and um, it it seems to me that. Uh, Gabe and May, the the lady spider, seem to kind of like each other a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, do, yeah, totally instant romantic connection. It made me wonder, and I honestly don't know what's going to happen, but it made me wonder if possibly she'll become a main character in the twenty ninety nine title. Yeah, uh, that could definitely be interesting. They they seem to have a nice chemistry between um, twenty ninety nine and her. They're, they're together pretty much this entire entire run. Mm-hmm. So um, 
and then uh, all of a sudden, while they're talking, um, uh, Deimos uh, shows up looking for the the body that they stole. Comes crashing through the ceiling. Right, because I think as a quick reminder to listeners, what the reason they're in 2099 is these three: the six-armed Spider-Man, Lady Spider, and 2099. They all are uh, experts more on the scientific, biological end. So they want to um, examine this clone body of Deimos, the dead one that they that had died in the previous Amazing Spider-Man issue. And so, yeah, they want to try to figure out if by dissecting the clone corpse, can they figure out how to stop the inheritors? Yeah, uh, so uh, they start fighting because he, he wants his body back. And um, one of the big things that, that came out from this fight for me was that uh, Lady Spider isn't actually a totem. So uh, she has um, uh, the, the, the essence, uh, but it's not... It's, she's not a totem. I don't know what makes one of the spiders a totem and not another one, but he he says that you're no you're no spider. Hmm. Yeah, so. I had actually forgotten that. I'm glad you brought that up. I I wonder if it is it as simple as just being exposed to some sort of spider DNA. It might be. Uh, they don't they don't really ever explain it. Um, that's just something that caught my attention. Um, and and, well, and then when I was thinking about this, I was thinking. The with with Loom World was there a Peter Parker on on their home planet? There would have to be, right? Some sort of spider, and, um, and this is a completely different topic. But yeah, I don't know. I think Loom World in a lot of ways reminds me of Battle World, where it feels like there's different pieces of the multiverse all existing on that Loom World. I mean, they have the Master mm-hmm. Weaver, who seems like a spider totem, but yeah. that's not. Uh, we'll find out. We'll get there, but that's right. not Peter. Um. So yeah, I don't know because he's from a different. He's not from Loom World. He just exists on Loom World. Right, right. That, that's right. They're, I mean, they they kind of jump from so many worlds that it's hard to keep track of where they're from and where they stay. And yeah, I know where where the lab is. And <laughs> um, but then uh, as they're fighting, um, Miguel's brother uh, uses the huge ray, like ray that. Uh, they say it's Dana's, and I don't. I haven't read any of twenty nine nine. I've read a little bit, but not a whole lot, so I don't really know who Dana is. Hmm, I think uh, do you know. If I'm not mistaken, I think Dana is Miguel's ex girlfriend or current. Gr- I yeah, I'm not certain. It must be his ex girlfriend. Okay, well, I, they just look really sad when they talk about her. So I, I, maybe she's dead. I don't know. But um, they blow her out and then uh, blow uh, Demos out of the wall, and then. Um, the uh, lady spider and uh, Miguel's brother uh, share a nice kiss <laughs> mm-hmm. before they uh, take off. And then um, Miguel, uh, you know, as Deimos is trying to get um, back there, um, Miguel gets a hold of uh, Tyler Stone and he says, Hey, listen, um, I need on floor 82 of, lab Al- uh, of the lab C of Alchemex. And that, really makes me think like what's on this lab like mm-hmm. is it going to be some sort of weapon are they going to be able to try to kill him again um so they they lead him up to this lab and then they get him stuck in a stasis um so so they finally have him held so that way he can't go anywhere and then that's kind of where it ends yeah so good 
good issues showing that spiders do have some tricks they can use against the inheritors. They're not necessarily unstoppable, but so we'll kind of see where that one goes. Um, yeah, I thought this was a pretty good issue, like medium good. Not the greatest thing ever, but pretty good. Yeah, it was it was all right. But I I mean, if if you're a fan of Spider-Man nine, uh, 2099, then then you'll enjoy this issue. Yeah, and I was going to say, I I wasn't really a fan of 2099, but I've been enjoying how Peter David's been been writing this story so uh i thought i think this you know for somebody who's not a super fan i've been able to get into it pretty easily so and, uh, and i i do feel like if you are a previous fan of 2099 this issue would probably be a lot more enjoyable because you recognize more of the things like who dana is mm-hmm. and and what all these other things mean why tyler stone doesn't like miguel and things like that right yeah totally agree yeah long-term knowledge well, it will be a better payoff for this. So, uh, I think Peter David did write the original series of, of Spider-Man 2099. So it's fun to have that original writer back on the on the uh, series. So, all right, let's go to part three of the official Spider-Verse storyline. That's in Amazing Spider-Man number eleven. Uh, so this, since this is a bigger one, let's just both kind of go back and forth. Um, you had mentioned this last time. What you really wanted to see was Peter versus Otto. You know, the Peter Peter Parker Spider-Man versus the Superior Spider-Man. And this issue started out in that way, which I, th- I thought was awesome, but then also really needed that they have this battle. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it w- as soon as you knew that they were both going to be in this this series, uh, it, it had to happen because mm-hmm. if it didn't, it just wouldn't. It wouldn't feel right, you know. It, yeah, and it, they they had an interesting twist with it too, because Peter's really mad at Otto about what happened, but he quickly realizes that Otto thinks this is a past version of the 616 spider-man because he just can't imagine a world in which he loses so yeah so peter just lets him believe it um uh but i think pretty quickly though peter becomes the leader like fully in charge of the spider army he's the one that starts strategizing so uh, yeah because they get into the, the the big fight that they have and then um peter just stops and he's like well if you wanna kill go ahead and kill me and since, obviously, since uh, the superior Spider-Man thinks that he's from the past, he can't kill him because then he kills himself. Right, yeah. It is. So it's like, I win. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so then Peter starts to send some of the spiders off on different missions. And my favorite team-up, I think, is Ultimate Spider-Man Miles Morales with Ultimate Spider-Man, this younger Peter Parker, who is the current spider-man in the cartoon that's on disney xd ultimate spider-man i you know i'm not really a a viewer of that show i've seen a few episodes here and there but i still love that they brought the cartoon version of that character into the comics to have him team up with miles morales yeah i've never seen an an episode of that but it he seems like a a fun character and he's always like talking to talking to us the the reader right yeah i've seen that in the show he does break the fourth wall continually during the narrative and and their their story is going to continue in spider-verse team up issue number two which is what we'll talk about right after this issue uh so then back on earth 13 which is the safe zone we've got two of the inheritors genix and morlin there and we or they appear there i should say and we've been taught that it's okay to I mean, that's safe in the safe zone, that the cosmic Spider-Man can protect them on this Earth so the Inheritors can't do anything. But Genix and Moreland show up with their father 
whose name is Solus, and he's huge compared to the other ones. Yeah, and he, it's obvious that he's more powerful than the other inheritors, just from the get-go. Yeah, immediately, because like I was saying, you thought that Cosmic Spider-Man could protect them on this Earth, but the inheritors uh, start fighting with the Spider-Army, and Solus, uh, you know, super powerful, goes after the Cosmic Spider-Man, um, he, I mean, again, Solus, I th- he seems way more powerful than even the other inheritors, which makes sense because he's the dad. Uh, but he kills the Cosmic Spider-Man by sapping all of his energy. And then there's kind of a cool quote here where he says, I am Solus, patriarch, king, and god of those who have inherited the multiverse. I loom over all realities. I am the first of my kind, and my hunger knows no limits. So then Moreland immediately grabs the MC2 Benji, that's the infant son of the older Peter Parker, and he shouts, the scion is ours. And I remember you and I talked last time uh, about this. You weren't sure who the scion was going to be. Uh, were you surprised it ended up being the baby? I was a little bit. I expected it to be his sister. Right. Um, so when it was the baby, it, and, and later on when they explain like what the scion is and that um, the scion is uh, the last created um spider essence uh that makes sense yeah totally and that's the end of this issue so another good one i'd say almost a five star issue loved superior spider-man versus amazing spider-man so overall that was good matt you 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 skipped a really big part for me oh what was it uh spider monkey died oh you're right (laughs) that was a huge bummer that, that made me sad. Yeah, no, you, you mean you think you could trust that some of the characters will stick around, and then, yeah, what else did I miss in that issue? Um, the Flash Thompson from What If Number Seven was also killed. Uh, he was uh, from What If Number Seven when um, Flash got bit by the spider instead of uh, instead of Peter. Mm-hmm. And I think that's about it. I mean, I was just really bummed that Spider Monkey died. Totally. Did you ever read the the Marvel Apes? No, I haven't read so, it. Uh, it. It's an interesting read. Tell me, tell me about it real quick here. Uh, I I I don't remember a whole lot about it. I just remember all the characters as monkeys. It, it, it's like a a merging between Planet of the Apes and Marvel. So it not literally, but you know that's what <laughs> it makes me think of. I never heard of this. I mean, I've heard of Marvel Zombies, but I just looked it up here online. Yeah, this came out in 2008, a four-issue limited series. No, I never even knew this existed until you just said that. Yeah, it's it's definitely different. It was during that time frame where Marvel was pretty much... It was, I think it was right around when Marvel Zombies was first happening, if I remember correctly. And they were just kind of throwing everything at the wall to see what stuck. Here, I'm, I'm just reading on Wikipedia here. Marvel Apes was first suggested as a successor to Marvel Zombies. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's crazy. Okay. So um, so that's all I have for that issue. You want to take the next one or uh, Spider-Verse team up number two? Yeah. Um, not a, an incredibly eventful issue. Um, it was fun, but... Not a lot really happens, I, and I, I, that's the way I feel with most of the, the team-up and Spider-Verse, the, the, you know, the Spider-Verse standalone issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this one, uh, it's split up into uh, two different stories, 
And uh, in the first one, you go back to uh, what they were showing in in the uh, Amazing Spider-Man issue. Um, and there's a, in this whole series, there's a lot of like linking uh, throughout all of this. They definitely did that cross promotion really well. As if you want to get the rest of the story, pick up this other issue. Yeah, it totally worked on me. I mean, I knew before it started <laughs> I was going to be all in, but I bought everything. <laughs> But um, with the first one, it starts off in that story where um, Miles and the Peter Parker from the Ultimate uh, TV show is they're in this um, this 1960s pastel world um, with this Peter. Is this from an actual show or yeah, yeah. comic so this strip? Is, this is even better. So before we had the Peter from the current cartoon with Miles Morales, then they go to the world of the 1967 cartoon so now there's two cartoon spider-mans in the story with miles and then they all three team up together see i had heard about this cartoon but i've never actually seen it so i'm pretty sure this is where the song comes from spider-man spider-man does whatever a spider can that makes sense yeah (laughs) so yeah they um they go to this world they help him defeat his villains, you know, with the Green Goblin and uh, Scorpion and Vulture and the whole crew. There was one weird one I'd never heard of. So they had, like you said, Green Goblin, Vulture, Scorpion, Electro, and then have you ever heard of Noah Body? <laughs> no, ne- I haven't. I've never heard of him either, but there he was. It's, it's kind of an eye-roller name because he's invisible. So it... Yeah. Noah Body. Yep. <laughs> so they uh, help him beat the villains and then... Um, just like that, they recruit him to their cause. Yeah, I actually kind of loved that story. I don't know. It just was Did fun. You? Well, it was fun being in the 1967 cartoon universe. Mm. Um, what did you think about the next one with Spider-Gwen? I, I liked this one. Did it ever show Spider-Gwen going to this universe? Like, I, I never remember in another issue her being like, I'm going to go recruit other people. No, I think we're just supposed to believe that Peter's been sending out troops to go get more troops. Okay. But, you know, the um, cover the cover of this issue, I don't think really lines up with what actually happens. Do you have the issue in front of you? I do. Okay, so the first, the top of the cover has Miles and Peter the, from the cartoon, so that's right. But then underneath the main banner it's got spider gwen and then some guy who looks like uncle ben holding up uh like a chemical solution yeah so is it that never happened in the book did it no no it didn't um and nothing even like relative to that happened yeah so i don't know what the deal is with that you know i completely looked over that (laughs) yeah uh so what did you think about the this version of peter in this universe you went to I thought it was really interesting. You know, it was a different take that I had never even considered before. Uh, in, in this issue, uh, in this part of the story, um, Spider-Gwen goes to this world where Peter, after he couldn't save Gwen, he actually uh, killed the Green Goblin. And then he uh, quit being Spider-Man and took on the mantle of a goblin. Yeah, but this time blue and red. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, um, it it makes it a. I mean, it doesn't give you a whole lot of details about him, but it makes you it makes it appear like he is 
um, some sort of villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sad. When his Gwen died, he just, uh, yeah, he he kind of lost it. So, But then, um, then Verna shows up with more of her hounds with uh, Rhino and Scorpion. And um, it looks like she almost takes out Gwen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, Gwen survives, obviously. And then um, this Peter takes off on his glider to go after Verna and um, tries to blow her up and ends up sacrificing himself to save Gwen. And it's kind of redeeming um, at the end. Uh, She says, "Um, I thought I could save you because in her world, Peter had died. And um, he just says, you did. So it was kind of a nice little spot for Gwen there. Yeah, and for me, this felt like those Edge of Spider Verse stories that we read uh, in the yeah. le- or that we talked about a couple episodes ago uh, in terms of Spider Verse episodes, but uh, just a mini story that doesn't really add to the overall Spider Verse storyline, but just helps build up the fact that there are so many different versions of Spider Man in the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So that that was that was it for that one. Yeah, not a not a whole lot, but uh, yeah, it doesn't really um, change the story at all in these tie-ins. But nice little stories. Totally. All right, let's go on to Scarlet Spiders issue number two. Uh, I guess I'll take this one. I don't have a lot to say about it. Just like I mentioned in the last episode, I love Ben Riley. I just wish. <laughs> these stories would have been better. I, I mean, I think that everything that happens in the three issues uh, for Scarlet Spiders could have happened in one issue, probably. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it so, it oh, feels really stretched out for the most part. Exactly. So the three spider clones are on this mission to stop the inheritors from cloning themselves. Uh, they found all the empty bodies that the inheritors download their minds into after every death. So as a reminder, when an inheritor dies, his mind... Or it, it's not a big deal to them because their mind just goes into an empty body that's just waiting in this facility so they can continually fight and it's almost impossible to stop them because there's so many thousands of bodies um, uh, that they can they can transport into. So the spider clones are trying to figure out how to de- destroy all these bodies. Uh, along the way, uh, we find out that Genix has been trying to figure out a way to clone Spider-Man on his world but hasn't been able to figure out how. I don't know why he's trying to clone Spider-Man other than maybe just for more food for them. Uh, but he is happy because the three people that came right to him are all clones. And so he's thinking he can probably reverse engineer whatever happened inside of them and then crack the code on how to make Spider-Man for himself. Yeah, yeah. and um, you were saying that uh, you couldn't think of like why he would want to clone, but it sort of makes sense because if they kill the scion and the other and the bride, mm-hmm. then no more spider uh, spider totems will be born. Right. So then if they run out of spider totems, then essentially they would die because they wouldn't have any more food. Yeah, that's true because they do, that's like the thing they eat the most. Although I thought that it was said that they can, they can sap the energy of other heroes. It's just the, it seems like the spider totem is their main energy source but yeah yeah i i guess they wouldn't die because it does show uh one of them in that world where they're like sucking out all the other animal totems yeah um but 
Yeah. I think spiders are just their favorites. You know, I haven't been following the Ultimate storylines too much, but this Jessica Drew from the Ultimate Universe, uh, I had thought she was going by Spider Woman these days, but it appears that she's going by the codename Black Widow. So I think I mentioned that in the last episode, but this is the issue where I really found out for sure. Yeah, uh, she doesn't. She doesn't have like a huge part in it. She's kind of off doing her her own thing, trying to track uh, crack the security, but. Uh, do you want to take, okay, so for this one, I feel like I gave it a medium score of three stars out of five just because I like the idea of the Spire clones, but if I wasn't so biased in favor of them, it'd probably be a one or two, not that great of a series. Yeah. It's not not that it's badly written. It's just that nothing's really happening. Yeah. It's a lot of filler. Um, Yeah. I I feel like I could have skipped this almost entirely and then... But and still gotten the whole overview of Spider Verse. Yeah, now that I think about it, of all the tie-ins, the ones that are least important, it's a toss-up between Spider Woman or Scarlet Spiders. Uh, but I'd probably, I'd probably have to give to Scarlet Spiders as the least important tie-in. Which yeah, is, which is kind of sad. Yeah, I for think me. so. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, they're the whole thing. They're just trying to destroy the cloning facility, and you could have had that in like. A pa- one page of of the the other issue. Yeah, I agree. Uh, speaking of Spider Woman, do you want to take it for Spider Woman number two? Sure. Uh, so, um, uh, Spider Woman starts out in Loom World, which, as you were saying earlier, uh, it's sort of this planet where they've taken parts of worlds uh, that they've already conquered and. Um, started merging them together. Uh, so you see a, this uh, scene of um, these people that obviously aren't from the same um, time frames and places all together. Um, so that's kind of different. And does it give Loom World a, a world number, or is it just its own place? I think it's 001. That is 001? I'll check right now. Oh, it's not that important, but I was just curious. Um, yeah, because I know there was zero zero zero. I think zero 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 is where the Master Weaver is originally from, and then zero okay. zero one is Loom World. The, okay, and that's where the inheritors are originally from. Yep, but the cloning facility is on another planet, another world. Yes, that's right. Oh wait, is, is that, wait, yeah, I think that's right. Genix has it over someplace else. Yeah. Yeah. Which didn't make any sense to me. I feel like they would have it on their home world, but that's just me. Um anyway, back to Jessica. Um she realizes that she's really popular there. Everybody knows who she is. Uh like, oh hey, Jessica. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and um I don't know about you, but I would feel kind of weird if I just showed up somewhere I had never been before and everyone was like, how you doing? Do you want these clothes? Yeah. So, um, kind of confusing. So she's uh, walking around and then all of a sudden this like octopus arm comes out and grabs her and takes her to a ship. Um, and this ship has uh, this world's or some world's version of uh, Namor on it. 
Oh yeah, yep. Which I I don't know if in this issue they actually come out and say that it's Namor, but later on in the issue they they confirm that it is. Um, but it's it, I think it's kind of obvious that it's him. I think yeah, I think it is him. Yeah. But um, but he he as well thinks that this is Loom World's version of uh, Spider Woman. So he's um, just talking to her as if she's. Or, or Jessica, I don't think she goes by Spider-Woman in this world. Um, but he's like, I'm surprised to see you in town without a guard detail. And she just kind of rolls with it. You know, she's like, yeah, I, I guess I'm going to pretend to be this Jessica. Yeah, and in case people don't know this about her, she has previously worked for S.H.I.E.L.D., so she has spy experience. So I'm sure she's good at going undercover. Yeah, so she's um, sort of talking to Namor, I, I feel like she's trying to get some information as to um, to what's going on. And like, um, but then it, it quickly cuts over to the scene with the real Jessica from Loom World. And she's not a very nice person. No. She's used to getting what she wants, and so she's bossy and mean. And there's a, a little kid who had like made something for her and went to go give it to her. And she, she had a guard just like push him aside. It's like, man, that's – she doesn't like kids. <laughs> right. Uh, so then we're back on the boat and the, the, the Loom World Jessica is coming to see Namor. And that's screwing up uh, our – Spider Woman's plans. Uh, so she she's using her pheromones to sort of uh, control Namor, and she's like, "Just pretend that I'm the first one you've seen of me today." And she jumps overboard. Uh, then we're back to to Silk, who is transporting from world to world, trying to escape the twins. Which um, I don't remember the last the issue that it was in, uh, but in a previous issue, um, she had jumped away uh, when they were all splitting up and has uh, now been trying to escape the twins. Yeah, I think it was issue one of Spider-Woman, which it's interesting that even though Silk is about to get her own series, it seems more and more like Spider-Woman is both Jessica's title and Silk's title. Yeah, they they almost should have made a a mini-series before they launched the Spider-Woman main series. And call it like Spider Woman. Yeah, that, I think that would have been a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> Especially since how they started Spider Woman, and it was like, bam, right into like we talked about last time. It was right into the Spider Verse series, and it it doesn't really concentrate on Spider Woman a whole lot. Yeah, I bet money wise though, it's better for them to just get things rolling, have people jump on with it, and then hopefully continue after the event is over, instead of having a different title that people uh, read for the tie-ins and then maybe they'll go to Spider-Woman later. Like I stopped reading Spider-Woman the minute Spider-Verse ended. I I would have probably even less so been likely to pick up a brand new title. So I'm I'm guessing that's what they're thinking. That's true. You're a wise man, Matt. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she's uh, jumping across uh, trying to get uh, to different worlds and then um, her teleporter breaks. So she's kind of stuck 
and the twins show up and uh, she doesn't know what else to do so she jumps through the the portal that they just came through and goes to loom world um she somehow i don't know i don't even know how but she somehow comes across uh jessica um it, it's it's kind of almost too good to be true you know that in this whole world she happens to show up right where the other jessica is the the bad one yeah and uh, then but then the other jessica shows up and punches that jessica we we almost need code names for these people because there are so many of them. Right. <laughs> but um, so they they switch out teleporters because uh, she doesn't want Silk to be hanging out here um, because I mean Spider Woman is already on this covert mission, so she has to be here anyway. So she gives her the working uh, teleporter, and then uh, Silk goes to Earth. Uh, 3145, which is this Earth that has been devastated by nuclear war. And uh, then she finds out that um, the inheritors can't follow her there because they can't really breathe. Yeah, radiation, as far as we know, is their only weakness. And this there is a precedent for this because in the first appearance of Morlin, this is years ago, maybe maybe about 10 or 15 years ago, uh, Spider-Man beat Morlin by exposing him to an, a lot of radiation that he was kind of using. It, you know, Morlin uses like vampire-like powers to suck the power or yeah, suck power away. He, he inadvertently was sucking radiation away, and that's what killed him. I really need to go back and read that. Yeah, it's by JMS. It's pretty good. Didn't you guys have, uh, or didn't you do another a previous episode on I- Morlin? I think my first Spider-Verse prerequisite uh, episode was on that that uh, quick storyline. Yeah, so if you listeners like me don't know anything about that storyline, um, go read it and then go listen to that episode. Exactly. Thank you. Good plug. <laughs> um, so then um, our Jessica uh, takes the chest with the knocked out Loomworld Jessica to Namor. And ask him to to just keep it for a couple of days. Uh, then comes back and Moreland shows up and kisses Jessica. Whoa! So now we know that something crazy is going on there. Well, I guess he's probably. I'm guessing Moreland's dating the evil Jessica. Or yeah, but. Well, it, it almost makes it seem like she's more of like less of like a girlfriend and more of like a concubine, if you will. Oh, sure, I get like, you saying not a slave, but right. uh, yeah, I get you saying because she she has some power because of her relationship with Morlin, but it is there's also some sort of servitude mm-hmm. rather than relationship. So yeah, I get what you're saying, but yeah, I wouldn't go as far as saying she's a slave. It seems like she's willingly yeah. in the relationship because it gives her some. Uh, benefits as well when it comes to position of power and and things like that. And uh, this got me thinking: if would this Jessica be? Um, does does she have any spider abilities? Yes. I would assume that she would. Yes, the Spider Woman. Yeah, definitely. Then why wouldn't they suck her essence out? Well, 
yeah, Moreland probably could do it to his Jessica, but maybe he he chooses not to, and so thinking that this is his Jessica, he doesn't want to do that. Well, to right. Her. Well, that's what I mean. Like his Jessica. Like why? Just, why would he they, date her? Yeah. Why would they like just keep her? I don't know. It seems like they're so like hungry for spider totems that I don't feel like he would really be able to control himself. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's something to think about. Yeah. Uh, That's all I got for this one. Did you have anything else? No. No, not really. All right. The next issue I've got is Spider-Man 2099 number seven. Okay. I I can actually summarize this really quickly because the whole main point of this issue was supposed to be that Spider-Man 2099 and Lady Spider were going to dissect this dead body of Deimos. Uh, Again, just to try to find out a way to stop the inheritors, but the actual dissection part was super minimal. And in the end, they really found out that there's no way to stop them. So their whole little mission was kind of pointless. Uh, (laughs) So, I mean, there was a brief cameo by the Punisher of 2099, but other than that, this issue was kind of pointless or not pointless, but uneventful. Yeah. And then at the end, they just go back to the safe zone and discover that, the, those uh, spiders had died. The the um, Captain Universe. Oh, Cosmic, right. Yep. Co- cosmic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they get back to the safe zone and find out that, that the inhibitors have, have defeated the safe zone. So, yeah, it basically just brings them back into the main story. Sort of, because they're going to leave again for something else. But for now, back in business. Oh, there was a little part with Deimos where... He was trapped at the end of the last issue and he is able to get himself killed so that he can escape in the sense, you know, with his, mm. with his mind transporting. That's it. Yeah. That's all I got no. for this one. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Not a whole lot to that issue. All right. You want to take part four of the main Spider-Verse storyline? This is the Amazing Spider-Man number 12. Number 12. Yes. Um they this is where um at the beginning they're keeping their uh they're starting off from where the last issue ended so uh they're holding Benji and um Benji is the scion uh he's the he's the last uh to manifest in any reality um so i think and i think that was the first time they had really defined what uh any of those terms mean like do we the um silk is the bride mm-hmm. because She's a secondary. Is that right? A secondary spider? Uh, I don't remember that explanation, but that makes sense to me. And then uh, Kane is the other because he's a clone, well, I guess. Uh, Peter's, I don't know. No, because Peter's had the other inside him, too, at one point uh, in past storylines. So I don't know what, what makes Kane special. I mean, he's the current inhabitant of the other. So that I guess that's it. But it. It's not unique to him because he's a clone. Whoa, wait, I just heard a cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's my cat. What's your cat's name? This one's name is Rogue. Hey, Rogue. What's going on? <laughs> she, it sounded like she went right up to the microphone. Well, she, like, she jumped off a ledge right onto the table where my computer is and meowed right at me. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so, okay, so, sorry about that. So, Bride, Other, right. and Scion. Right. And then, um, 
And then they think, uh, the spider guys think that maybe Solus is weakened after this huge fight that he just had. Uh, but that's not the case, because Solus kills uh, two Spider-Men, right? Just like that. Uh, first he kills the Spider-Man from um, Spider-Man Fairy Tales number four, the Prince of Arachne, hmm. who's like a knight. And that- then he kills uh, Arachnosaur, who's from... Um, <laughs> He's like a dinosaur Spider-Man who was a member of the Fantastic Five in Excalibur number 51. Hey, I like these. I like these updates that you're giving because I I had seen them die, but I didn't know where they're from. So, yeah, keep those coming. Uh, So then uh, while all this is going on, Moreland takes Benji, the scion, and he he leaves, Uh, which this is um, devastating to, to Mayday. I mean, like. He he took my brother, you know. Um, from there we um, we get uh, Peter uh, coming back with Spider Gwen and the Ultimate Black Widow uh, with three different Japanese uh, guys. So we get uh, Sho Amano, who is from uh, Spider Man J, which um, is a mini series. I believe. And then Yoko Mori, who's from Spider-Man the Manga. And then my personal favorite, uh, Takuya Yamashiro, who's from a Japanese uh, TV show. Uh, it, it's sort of like, a spy- imagine Spider-Man in a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers show. Yeah, I've heard of this and never seen it, but it sounds kind of funny. I had never heard of it until I saw this, so I looked it up. Uh, so he has a giant robot. It's like those swords that they use in Power Rangers mm-hmm. that you like sit inside of. It's it's kind of awesome to see on on here. Yeah, no. The, uh, again, it's just so cool seeing how they're incorporating every Spider-Man, not just from the comics, but from all the different media that's out there. And that was probably my favorite part of this whole issue was was seeing that because it was so unexpected and um but it also bummed me out how quickly it fell in battle oh yeah totally because it's like oh we got this huge really cool weapon and then he just kind of smashes them to bits um but I, i think that that's when they realize that okay this isn't going well so um we need to to do something else and um, they take off to uh, the world where, actually, I think I'm skipping part. Yes. Uh, because Jessica, which uh, we'll see this part in uh, another Spider-Woman, uh, where she meets the Master Weaver. Uh, which I'm going to go ahead and say things like this. This was kind of confusing to me because we're seeing parts that haven't happened yet. Yes. In these issues. And I'm like, what the heck? What's going on? Totally. Because they also go to, in this issue, they flash over to Lady Spider and Spider-Man 2099 still in the future. So the end of that 2099 issue takes place after the events of this issue. But there was a tiny bit of overlap. So, yeah, they're, I mean, they're... I think overall they're doing a pretty good job at weaving in and out of the different tie-ins, but there is a little bit of confusion. Yeah, 
I agree. Um, I mean, and I get why they're doing it because they do want to sell the tie-ins. You don't want to give all of the story in just the main series because then no one's going to go around and buy the other ones. Um, so that makes sense on their part. Yeah. Um, and well, we also see Miles and uh, the Ultimate uh, Peter Parker uh, with um, a few other uh, Spider-Man. We get a Spider-Man who's a cowboy. Yeah. And um, and the the sentient Spider Mobile, which is kind of cool. You get a, a car that's supposed to be a Spider-Man, and he talks. <laughs> oh, the Spider Mobile can talk. I don't think I know yeah. that. Yeah, he's he's like self aware. Oh, I didn't catch that. I don't think. Uh, there's also somebody kind of uh, swinging by, swinging with that team, who's who are calling themselves the Web Warriors, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it seems like he has some sort of. Do you, do you have the page open there? It's the one that's to the left of the cowboy. He's got like a gem in his head, and he's using almost electric web things. Do you see that? Yeah, I, I see that, but uh, I guess I thought that that was the the sixty seven Spider Man, but that's oh, that guy's over there on the other side. Yeah, I don't know who this one is. I don't know who that is yeah. either. Not a big deal. Yeah, and then over to the next page is where I was saying you've got this out of order scene with Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Yeah. So um. So then we have them transporting over to another world, which is like a dinosaur world. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a, like somebody says, it looks like it's from Jurassic Park. And um, they think, okay, well, maybe we'll be safe here because they don't know that we've came here. They don't know where we've gone. Since we don't know where we went, they won't be able to trace us. Um, but obviously that's too good to be true. Um, so then, uh, they get a hold of, uh, Silk, right? I think I'm skipping ahead. Um, I, yeah, I, I think we, cause I'm flipping through with you here. I got the issue in front of me. They did have a scene with Silk back on the radi- uh, the radiation world. Have you, but do you want to talk about that right now? Yeah. Um, Basically, just that she last we saw her, she was on this world where the twins couldn't follow her because of the radiation. But she also is impacted poorly by it, so she makes a suit out of her webs and finds a bunker. Or no, she decides to go to the bunker, thinking that this world's Ezekiel will have also had a bunker, just like the six one six Ezekiel made her stay in. And then, then we'll come back to that at the end. You know, I I think I realized what um what the problem was. I was looking at the issue backwards. I'm looking at an e-reader version oh, yeah. of the issue, and it it was going backwards in order, so that's why it was messing me up. Oh, no, no big deal. Yeah, don't don't read an issue backwards, kids. <laughs> you, you, started talking, you started talking a little bit about uh, Spider-Woman, and we saw a scene where she made contact with the Great Weaver, but um, what did you think about that whole thing? Um, just from this point or do you want to go ahead and talk about that uh we can talk about unfold basically just the part where he he gives her he gives her those scrolls yeah he gives her uh scrolls which talk about the the prophecy 
um, of the, the scion and the other and um, the bride. And then there, there's also another scroll um, which they read and talk about in a later issue. And um, she uses uh, the last little bit of power from her transporter, uh, the broken one, to get these scrolls uh, to Peter. Right. So now, so now they'll have a uh, like a secret weapon. Yeah, and this was important just because we've known that the Great Weaver is working for the Inheritors against his will, but now we're starting to see that he's starting his own little rebellion by helping Jessica. So, yeah, I thought that was an important and good scene. Yeah, definitely. It, it definitely showed a, a different part to the the Weaver. Um, and, and then it gets to what you are just talking about with Silk, the big conclusion. Right. Uh, Silk uh, gets a hold of them and tells them to come to this uh, this other world, uh, which uh, we know to be the um, the world that's been destroyed by nuclear war. And uh, then she gets them to come down to the uh, the hangar, which is this world's version of the hangar where she had been kept in six one six, and that's where they find this world's spider totem, which is Uncle Ben. Yes, an alternate version of Peter's Uncle Ben. What did you think? Were you happy with that, or did you think, no big deal, it's just an alternate? Uh, it, it did sort of shock me to see it, because, I mean, we see all these different versions of Peter, and then a few other ones, but um, this is the first time we've really seen Uncle Ben. You know, he's Uncle Ben is dead. That's just a known thing. Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of people online were freaking out thinking, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Uncle Ben is back. But for me, it's sort of like, well, he's back in a sense, but we know it's just an alternate version. It's not Peter's real uncle. So it's cool, right. but not like the most shocking thing, but still good. And and, and, um, he'll, and he'll be important you, later. You've already had that feeling with Ben Riley. You know, it's... Exactly. It's like, it's not my Ben Riley. Just hey. like, this is not our Uncle Ben. That's exactly it. Yeah. That, that's a perfect explanation. Again, let me just say one thing, not storyline related, well, mini storyline related. So I think we've talked about this before, but the nice thing about Spider-Verse is that you don't have to read all the tie-in issues. It just helps get a fuller grasp of what's going on. Uh, and Marvel has said you just have to read The Amazing Spider-Man and you'll get the whole story. Okay, so that's good. Uh, the only problem with this is because of that promise that they made that you can just read Amazing Spider-Man, then the writer here, Dan Slott, had to write this issue in a way where he could help catch everybody up on what's been happening in all of the other tie-in issues. So it's not a huge deal, I guess, but that means that for me, this issue ended up being a little bit boring because I've been reading the tie-in, so I didn't really need to get caught up. Um, but that's just a small nitpick, nothing serious. Uh, and one other thing I was going to point out, the cover of this issue is a family portrait of the Inheritors. So pretty cool cover idea. And it's got all the people we've been seeing so far in Spider-Verse. Uh, well, I mean, not except for, but it also features Karn, the guy with the mask. Mm -hmm. And the reason I'm bringing that up is you and I know who he is because we read The Edge of Spider-Verse. We read The Prelude Issues. We read Superior Spider-Man. But he, th that character who is going to... I mean, just a little bit of spoilers here for our later discussion. He's going to appear again. But mm -hmm. And he, play a big part. Yeah, he's going to play a big part. But he hasn't actually appeared in the story the official story yet so 
I do wonder if there's anybody out there reading the amazing only the amazing spider-man they see this guy with the mask on the cover if anybody was like hey wait who is that guy he hasn't appeared yet so we'll, we'll come back to that but just a small little well and i think we we actually talked a little bit about that in the last episode um how or, or two episodes ago i guess it would have been how um we saw Karn, but then we had never seen him through what we had read at that point I, so you know, you know since we are spoiling all the way i'm just gonna we already said he's going to play a big part at the end of the storyline and and we'll come back to it but um it's almost in some ways it's almost a cheat i i would say for for readers that are only reading amazing spider-man i bet mm-hmm. they felt like oh who is this guy he came out out of nowhere to make a big impact on the story and i've never seen him in the story so right. I well could, I and could. then if you are only reading the amazing spider-man you miss spider-verse team up number three which is where they go and get Karn. exactly right so we'll come back to that uh, i guess we're getting ahead of ourselves i just the, seeing him on the cover there made me start to go down this path but we'll talk yeah. more about that uh here in a few minutes so let's see where are we at now then we are we oh, just finished up amazing spider-man number 12 yeah so spider-verse number two all right yes anthology issue you want me to go ahead and take it yeah go go for it okay so this uh, i should just start by saying these were some of my least favorite tie-ins <laughs> in the spider-verse <laughs> uh storyline i so there's two issues spider-verse number one and spider-verse number two now this is different than you know amazing spider-man featuring part one of spider-verse so it's a tiny bit confusing this is just an anthology again much like the edge of spider-verse stories where you're seeing a little portion of the multiverse and maybe get an origin story for a certain spider character. So five different mini stories in this one issue. First one was a mini story about uh, a video game universe. Not not that cool. <laughs> I'm, like, not, I'm not really a gamer, so it didn't speak to me. Uh, like a one-page story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the second story was, I, I would say, really dumb about Spider UK trying to recruit a spider totem uh for the army it didn't exactly work out i mean there's not even much to say about it other than i don't exactly even know what was happening in it uh maybe that's why it was dumb to me okay the third one probably will be one of the most popular ones to most people because it was a sort of origin story for spider punk but in this they're calling them the anarchic spider-man mm-hmm. did i say that right I'm not sure if Ho- that... hobie brown exactly yeah and i feel like he's ex- appeared in 616 in the past i just don't know anything about him I actually, uh, the Spider Verse is the the first um, appearance of him. Oh, that's interesting. Um, fourth story was completely in Spanish instead of English, so I'm not exactly sure what was happening. But this Spider Man was dressed up like a Lucha Libre Spider Man, sort of like the Lucha Libre wrestlers. Oh, speak yeah. of, Speaking of wrestling, David, uh, on Facebook, you and I found out we have a, a mutual connection in the sense that both of us watched professional wrestling in high school yeah i i loved wrestling in the 90s i know me too a lot and i i fell out of it in the early 2000s but uh every now and then i'll go over to my friend kobe's house and watch some of the pay-per-views and both you and me not together because we live in different states but uh both you and i were watching wrestlemania a couple weeks back <laughs> so <laughs> i noticed that you talked about it on facebook so glad we so both you and i like spider-man and wrestling i mean that's a lot to build a friendship on <laughs> it is right there. And maybe we'll have to have to do a podcast sometime on professional wrestling of the 90s. 
that yeah why not that'd be good i've also seen that they've recently come out with comics uh for the wrestlers have you seen this i have i actually i've been buying my um my nephew some of them i read the first couple of issues but they're they're not that great (laughs) yeah i've never read them i thought i saw one i'm probably wrong about this but i thought i saw one where they were going to have hulk hogan versus stone cold steve austin and that sounded kind of cool but did not read it all right so the fifth story the final story was the best one by far. And it gives us a glimpse at the final showdown between the Spider-Army and the Inheritors. So it's a huge, not it's not a spoiler, not by any means, but a look ahead to two issues of Amazing Spider-Man away. Because I, I think this battle that is depicted here doesn't happen until Amazing Spider-Man 14. And we haven't even talked about 13 yet. So um, in the middle of this battle, two Spider-Men, and I think we're supposed to presume that one is the 616 version. Uh, so one 616 and one's a different one. They're extremely similar. And even them, as they're talking through things, I can't figure out what's different about them as they're hitting different bullet points from their history and saying, yep, I that happened to me. Yep, I experienced that. So I mean, even as the story ends, just kind of interesting. We see all the Spider Army people running off into battle. And it's the first time that there hasn't been a clear distinction uh as to what sets these spider-men apart so well one is married and one is not oh really i didn't catch yeah. that. i didn't catch that yeah um the the one that looks like the 616 one uh-huh. uh, actually has a wedding ring on oh i did not catch that i, I should open up to that page and take a look oh good because i mean in my notes here i just have they seem completely similar yeah and they they actually go through a checklist like uh, aunt may uncle ben uh spider bite uh, daily bugle you know and it's oh like- okay i <laughs> i can't believe i missed this yeah because the one one is wearing a black costume and one's wearing the traditional costume okay so obviously this is not 616 spider-man because the black costume spider-man says we should go help the others guess we'll never know huh never know now and he's <laughs> saying never know the difference and then they have a close-up of this guy's hand yeah i can't believe i missed <laughs> it and he says yeah but i wouldn't worry the other one does with the wedding ring okay well, see, again, you really helped clear that up for me. I had, I completely missed that. <laughs> well, and then uh, that last that last scene where it shows them like swinging off, uh, we actually get a glimpse of a lot of different Spider-Men that we don't see anywhere else. Yeah, the, uh, Spider-Men that will never appear in the main Spider-Verse story, including my favorite costume right there above the words "The End." Uh, we see the Scarlet Spider in the blue hoodie. That's my yeah. favorite. That's my favorite Spider costume. And we get like a Future Foundation Spider Man. Yep. Um, it looks like a, a different like wrestle wrestling Spider Man. Do you see uh-huh. the one uh, next to the Future Foundation one? Kind of yellow. It looks like it has Captain America ears or Thor helmet. Oh type thing yeah. Um, there is a zo- <laughs> a six arm zombie Spider Man. <laughs> Uh, and uh, in the far back, uh, you have the the brown paper bag, Spider Man. Uh, do you, okay, okay. I just thought of something. Well, uh, listen to this. So we know that the Spider Man that looks just like six one six Spider Man, or seems like six one six Spider Man, is married. So that's the only difference. And we also know that during Secret Wars, Dan Slott is going to be writing a Spider Man miniseries called Renew Your Vows, and it's about it's about a Spider Man that uh, is still married and has a kid. What if this is that Spider-Man? Oh, man. You might be onto something. So this is the Renew Your Vows Spider-Man. Okay, that's cool. There you go. Now we know. 
Yeah, I, so that story, in a sense, made this issue worth it. But on the other hand, retail price for this was four ninety nine. I didn't pay that, but uh, I I think I would have felt cheated if I had paid the full amount for this issue, especially since one of them was in a, a foreign language to me. Yeah, and the I mean the the version the the e reader version that I got for it um, actually has an English version of that story. I think, but that, you're you're not missing anything. Oh, really? I think there is a note, and I I don't want to pull it out, but I I believe there's a note that says something like, "For the English version, go to this website" or something like that. But I never did do that. <laughs> yeah, you you didn't miss much. It it the the story itself doesn't tie into Spider Verse at all. It's just a story about a Spider-Man. Okay. All right. Uh, here we are at part five of six, but then also kind of part, there's sort of seven parts because there's an epilogue. Uh, so we're wrapping up here. Part five. You want to take it? Amazing Spider-Man number 13. Um, yeah, let me... I'll give the quick setup. Get down here. Yeah. The inheritors. Go, go ahead and do your brief summary. I'll, I'll do, yeah, I'll do a little bit and then you can add in. Uh, the inheritors have the scion and their prophecy tells them that the bride and the other will be to loom world soon. And we see this actually happen in this issue. So um, that's how it opens up. But we go back to the bunker where they had found the alternate Uncle Ben. So the 616 Peter confronts this Uncle Ben who became the spearman on his world and we find out that this Uncle Ben isn't as brave as, uh, you know, we'd like to see Uncle Ben be. You know, we always think of him as this fatherly figure who can do no wrong, but he's sort of a coward. His Green Goblin is called Emerald Elf, and I think he caused some problems. And then when there was nuclear warfare, Uncle Ben just had hid in the bunker that Ezekiel gave him um, to hide from the inheritors, but also to survive the nuclear warfare. Because I think... During his time as Spider-Man, Peter Peter died for sure, and possibly his May. The, they both did die, actually. Yeah. Um, the Emerald, Emerald Elf um, blew up Ben's uh, house, uh, which had uh, Parker, uh, Peter Parker and Aunt May inside. And we didn't say this, but Uncle Ben became Spider-Man because he went along to the um, presentation where Peter was supposed to get bit by the spider, but then instead Uncle Ben did. So that's how that happened. Uh, meanwhile, you want to take it from Silk and Spider Gwen leaving together? Do you have that ready to go? Uh, wait, did we? Did I skip something? Uh, well, they're they're talking about the scrolls, and they're oh yeah um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah they they're, they're op- they open up the scrolls to try to find out like what this says uh, because they realize uh, uh, Jessica gave these to us. And we might have lost her uh, because now she doesn't have a transporter. And um, so let's let's try to figure these out. But they're in a different language and nobody seems to be able to understand them. Understand them. So Silk walks off and um, then Gwen follows her and she's like, what's wrong? And Silk uh, shows that she's really upset because she has the working transporter. And because of that, now Jess might be lost to them. Um, so they want to be heroes. So uh, Gwen says, I'm going to go with you. So then they disappear off to Loom World. Hey, let me stop you real quick because I, I, I was asking myself a question I want to ask you. So we've heard 
and I don't know if you've heard these stories, but as I've been reading articles, they've said time and time again, Spider-Gwen was supposed to appear in Edge of Spider-Verse, and then she was going to appear in Spider-Verse, the storyline, but they never planned on eventually giving her her own series. Uh, they just said the fans' positive response led to this character getting her own series. And um, So the question I wanted to ask is, even though Spider-Gwen was set to appear in Spider-Verse, do you think that her being featured so prominently was increased because of the fans' response to her? Or do you think that he really had this all scripted out and that whether they were going to do a uh, series with her or not, she was going to be this big of a deal in Spider-Verse? I think she was going to be this big of a deal um, just because I think a lot of people people are curious as to like what if there was a Spider-Man that was Gwen Stacy. Yeah. You know, and I think they they probably had a good idea that she was going to be pretty popular. Probably not as popular as she ended up being. Um, but they probably knew that people are going to like this character. They write her very likable. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you this then. They've been saying that they weren't planning on doing a series with her, but because the fans loved her so much, they're going to. Do you think that that is actually just hype and that they always wanted to give this character a series? Or is it truly that she was just going to be in Spider-Verse and then be finished? I can almost guarantee they probably had ideas for a series. Now, they probably didn't green light it until they got some feedback from the fans. Um, but they almost had to have some sort of idea ready you know, mm-hmm. I, I doubt they would just be like, oh, people like that. Let's do that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I just feel like they must have. I, I do think the fans played a part in it, but I wonder if they're hyping up how much the fans liked her and led to her having a series as opposed to they always wanted this thing. Uh, you know, real quick, I did read the first two issues of her series. Have you read any of it? I have not. It's interesting. It's not the best thing ever, but the one... One thing I wanted to note about it is it feels like this is the beginning of a new Ultimate Universe. So aside from what we know about what's going to happen with the multiverse in Marvel, uh, I could see, if I didn't know anything about Secret Wars, I could see this being kind of the ground floor for a new universe because they're doing the exact same thing where you have familiar characters but then cast in a different light. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so does this series take place like completely on her Earth? Yes, so the first issue, she's just gotten back from Spider-Verse. She references this huge warfare that she was a part of. She's been gone for, uh, I don't know how much time, I I could be wrong about this, but I think they said she's been gone for three weeks or something, and now she's back, and then that's where her story picks up. So they haven't really flashed back to her early days as, well, in her world, she just calls, she's called Spider-Woman, because obviously Spider-Gwen would be a horrible secret name. <laughs> uh, so, yes. Spider Queen, I wonder who that is. Yeah, exactly. So it's um, it's unique. The artwork really helps set the stage for the tone and type of universe you're in. Um, so again, I'm not blown away by it, but I am intrigued by its potential. So yeah. Now, when when you say they've shown other characters from her world, like have they shown the other heroes? Uh, good question. Uh, they have shown, okay, I'll, I'll just tell some of the things that, this is no spoiler story-wise, just how heroes are a little different. So you've got, uh, Matt Murdock, who is, we know as Daredevil. He exists in this world, but he's a corrupt lawyer. So he's a lawyer for the bad guys. Uh, we've seen Frank Castle, but he's not the Punisher. He's a police detective. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, then there's our other villains that are just villains, but a different 
twist to them. So Vulture's there, Rhino's around. Uh, I think Kingpin is referenced, but never seen. I don't think I've seen any other heroes, though. So, yeah. In a, in a lot of ways, it feels exactly like what they did with Ultimate Spider-Man, where that was supposed to just... Well, not supposed to be, but they started it as its own individual book, and if it was popular, then they could build a universe around it, and so that's what happened. I think that this could be that type of thing. Well, if if the fans are liking her as much as they say they are, then I'd say she has a good chance of surviving uh, the Secret Wars. Yeah, definitely. All right, back to Amazing Spider-Man 13. Uh, we did get an interesting scene where... I might be jumping ahead a tiny bit, but you can back... We can go back in a second, but Superior Spider-Man finally realizes that the 616 Spider-Man is from his future and not the past. Yeah, because um, even though uh, Peter was trying to make a playoff as like, fine, I'll go along with this thing that I'm from the past, he makes a huge slip, and he notices that um, that the the robot... Ho- the hologram. Voice, the hologram um, is based off of Anna Mar- Maria. Right, and, and Otto knows that Peter has no way of knowing her. Yeah, so that's when Otto finally realizes that I lose. Oh, you know, I did skip I did skip the part with the Spider-Man from India. What did you make of that whole mini scene? Um it was all right. I mean, there wasn't a lot to it except that they were saying that you know, we're we're all very similar, but we're all different. You know, we all are our own hero. Yeah, I mean, what he says, basically, Peter is the real Spider-Man, and all of us are just kind of versions of Peter. And uh, he starts to name the people in his life and and give his own name and talk about how it's so similar to the, you know, Peter and the people in Peter's lives. Uh, I I thought it was a kind of an interesting, I don't know if existential crisis is the right word but that kind of thing where he's really he sees himself now as expendable because he's just a double of the important person right and then um and then they make that that important i spider-man uk makes that important statement where it's like uh you are spider-man your hero wherever you are and by and whoever is by your side and that other fellow who's to say he's not a pale reflection of you yeah, exactly. So none of them are just expendable copies. They're all important in their own right. All right. And then in sort of a unexpected scene, the spider girl from 616, whose name is Anya Corazon, becomes in some ways the most important person on the, in the spider army by being able to not decipher. She's able to read this crazy language that's on the scrolls yeah and that seemed almost a little too easy to me but it was kind of like they just needed to make her important for some reason because all the other 616 heroes had done something useful and she's just been kind of around yeah like you know what let's uh let's make her be able to read (laughs) yep so now she can read these and um and she discovers uh, the real like purpose behind the scion and the other and the bride. And you mentioned this earlier in, in this show that we're recording right now, but there's going to be uh, a sacrificial ritual 
that by killing all three of these essences, uh, that they'll stop any new totems from emerging forever. So this could be the way to, across the multiverse, wipe out all existence of the spider totems. Yeah. And then... I, I want you to be able to take the rest of this issue, but I just have to say this. And then, huge spoiler for Scarlet Spiders, because I'm reading in the official Marvel reading order, and I get to this one page where Ben Riley's mask is hanging from a piece of metal, <laughs> and, and then we just get Black Widow and Kane saying, they killed him. <laughs> Riley sacrificed himself so the mission could succeed. And I'm like, wait a second. And I, I started thinking, I read these out of order. I can't believe of all the things to spoil myself on, I messed up the reading order for Ben Riley's death. I know. I did the same thing. And but I went back and looked, and it is the official reading order. So I guess this is just on Marvel. Um, yeah, and, and I think it goes back to that whole thing that you were saying, how uh, they wanted to make it so you could just read Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. But... You feel like they would have put Scarlet Spiders ahead of this in the reading order? Yeah. For that big of a spoiler. Totally. So, at the beginning, I had mentioned that the prophecy said that the Bride and the Other will be joining the Scion in Loom World soon. So, Kane freaks out after Riley's death, goes to Loom World. We've already seen Silk and Spider-Gwen leave to Loom World. Um, so... So, now all three of them are there. And then what? That's no good. That's no bueno. Do you want to take? Uh, do you want to take it with Kane? The the big battle at the end. Yeah. So um. So Kane goes there, and um, then he transforms into this like giant creature. And this is I'm sure you know it, but this is what the other is. So the other is this giant spider creature. Yeah. So he's basically just showing his full-on other powers yeah and they they even say um the spider totem revealed you know uh, revel in this my boys for we face the ultimate prey so the the big battle ensues and um and this actually um this takes place after uh the um since this is after the scarlet spiders uh, that the, the uh, cloning facility has been all has been destroyed as well. Yeah. Again, I mean, I care more that I found out Ben Riley's killed, but that's another big thing to reveal that we haven't yet read about. So, um, Kane kills uh, Solace, the the father. Yeah, with his other powers, he just shoots him with his multiple legs. I don't really know and, spikes. And if if you hadn't. If you hadn't read Scarlet Spiders, you might not have realized that the cloning facility was destroyed. So you're like, oh, well, he's just going to show back up. Mm-hmm. But no, he's he's dead. Exactly. Because when I read this, I just... I, I thought that maybe... Because they do mention that he's dead. But I thought that maybe they were just saying that because the other killed him, he can't come back. So I, I don't think I really understood what's happening. Also, in the next issue... They plainly say that Kane is dead, but, and I see the panel where Morlin or Deimos, I can't tell which one, stabs Kane with his own leg in the head. 
So I see that panel, but I didn't. To me, I I wasn't aware that this was Kane's death. Did you get that? Um, I I think I sort of figured it out with the um, the panel where they're they're like looking over Solace's body, and you see Kane sort of just like laying there in the in the background, yeah. and then uh, with their their wordings, uh, the way that they're talking about it, he says like "I'll kill you." And then it says the, the, the ritual were mortal, and we need it alive. And then he says, "No, we only need its blood." Right. Yeah. So I kind of missed out on a bunch of different things in this issue. So and that's the death of Cain. So we so in this one one episode in this one issue. Um, if you didn't, if you hadn't read Red Scarlet Spiders yet, you got the death of two clones. Exactly. Uh, and then it just all, well, why don't you take the end of this and then I'll talk about the the final issue of Scarlet Spiders. All right. So, um, at the end of this, you have, uh, well, first you have, um, Silk and Gwen who have, um, teleported to Loom World and now they're with Jessica and, um, then Verna attacks with more of her hounds, which these are all, um, Goblins. They have a variety of different green goblins and hobgoblins um, attacking them. And that cuts off from there. And that'll pick up in another issue. Um, but then we have uh, Peter from 616 and uh, the superior Spider Man talking to, to Ben, trying to talk to him and to, hey, you need to pick up the mantle again. We need you. Um, and with everything that Peter says, like he's trying to be so encouraging and stuff, uh, Ben won't do it. And it's not until um, Superior Spider-Man says, like, you're pathetic, old man. <laughs> and he starts sort of like telling him how it is. You know, he's not, he's not, um, he's, he's landing all these punches. He's not holding anything back. And, um, but he says every enemy has a weakness. You just have to find it once. You just have uh, you just have to win one time. Say it, and then he says one time, and he he gets up and he takes the mantle, and he says one more time. So he's he's coming with them. We we got Uncle Ben, and then they head off to Loom World, um, and to be concluded. Exactly, and um. Okay, so since we've already been talking pretty extensively about what happens in Scarlet Spiders number three, let me just say this. I haven't loved the depiction of Ben Riley so far in Spider-Verse, but I think that this issue completely redeemed him. <laughs> because he, there is the hero I always knew he, could, he was and he could be. So, uh, I mean, just real quickly, using an explosion that has to set off, that he has to set off himself, this is Ben Riley. Uh, he ends up sacrificing himself but in the in the process he blows up the machine that allows the inheritors to transfer their consciousness consciousnesses into clone bodies of themselves so um i, I can't remember i'm not flipping it open here i don't have it right in front of me although i have the comic just not the open book in front of me i don't remember why he has to set off himself but it must be um i mean that's where the sacrifice comes in it has to be that what? if he's going to blow up the machine he is there for it. Well, uh, Kane had already been through a big fight, uh, so he's already weakened, and they know that Kane is important because he is the other. Um, 
so he he wants Jessica to get Kane out of there. Um, so that's what they're doing. So then Ben's like, I, I have to do this. You know, I, I'm going to blow up this cloning facility. And and then uh, and it's kind of sad because in in his uh, in the last panel it says, um, and at the last second with his last thought, Ben thinks there's probably a way I can make out of. Uh, I can make it out of this one too. So like even in his last moment of life, you know, he's being hopeful, being that hero. Yeah, I know that uh, I've said this on the show before, but the writers have said that in this Ben's universe, everything has just gone right for him. So he's went through a lot of the same things that Peter went through in 616 post the clone saga, but things have gone more in a positive direction for him. So uh, yeah, he was optimistic to the end. Um, I, I actually found this to be a pretty moving story. Uh, mm-hmm. I uh, mean, not not a lot really happened in it besides Ben dying and the cloning facility blowing up. It's uh, most of the issue is just a big fight. Um, did, hey, do you think Genix was killed in this battle, or is he? I can't remember. Does he appear in the issues we're about to talk about with Amazing Spider-Man? I don't remember, but I don't. I don't think he was killed. Yeah, I'll pay attention as we flip through the pages and the future issues. But for me, still five stars, even though I was spoiled. I love this <laughs> issue. And uh, one last thing, the the art in the Scarlet Spiders series, I thought it has been great. So um, big fan. Five stars. Yeah, and it it's it's just it's sad that this is how they had to end it. You know, it would have been nice if they would have kept him around, you know, with with um, Secret Wars coming up, it would have been nice to have a Ben Riley. What did you think about Spider Woman number three? Spider Woman number three, um, filler, really. Total filler. Like I, I my note here is uh, mainly filler, mainly filling in the gaps. How Spider Woman got to the Master Weaver and how they got to the fight on the boat. Yeah, it has the exact opposite problem of what I was saying. Uh, with that one issue of Amazing Spider-Man where they had to fill in, in that issue, Dan Slott had to fill in the blanks for readers that were only reading Amazing Spider-Man. So now here in Spider-Woman number three, I felt like of all the times in the entire event, this was the worst by far because the story, I mean, it wasn't that the story was bad, but we've seen the events in this issue already in Spider-Verse. So it was reading basically scenes we've already seen happen. Uh, only the last few pages were new material from the entire book. Well, um, even then, like it, it ends with them on the boat about ready to start into a fight. And I'm pretty sure they had already started that fight in the last Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right, actually. So, so all of it really was just showing like how they got there. And it's not very interesting. <laughs> So yeah. I agree with you. This was the weakest book in the entire entire storyline. Hey, since you got a bad one, do you want to take? I'll let you pick. Do you want to do Spireverse, team up number three, or do you want to do the next one after that? Twenty ninety nine eight. Um, I will do team up number three. Okay, it's all yours. That's next. All right, and um, and again, the cover lies <laughs> because <laughs> the cover says. Uh, let me make sure I get this right here. Spider-Verse team up featuring a Spider-Girl reunion. And so 
It's the MC2 Mayday Parker Spider-Girl. And the reunion is not a reunion at all because the team-up is a conversation she has with this alternate Uncle Ben. We'll talk about it, but just a huge lie on the cover. So, okay, go ahead. Take it away. So, I found that the the first story was really important and, um, and you know, it, it's essential to the whole story uh, because uh, what this what happens here is uh, Karn shows up on Earth uh, thirty one twenty three, and uh, this is in this reality, um, Aunt May gets bitten by the spider. That's so funny. Did you see what they were calling her instead of Spider Man? Spider Ma'am. <laughs> Spider Ma'am. <laughs> and um, this is actually from What If number twenty three. Oh, is it really? I didn't it know is. that. Okay. So um, look that up. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. And uh, so he's about ready to kill her. And he says, um, you remind me of another like you, brave, strong, yet loving. Um, and he, he almost just, he almost, you can tell he's, he's about ready to just um, quit and be like, well, I'm not going to kill you. But he says, no, destiny cannot be denied. And he's about ready to, to kill her. And that's when a bunch of uh, spider people show up. Uh, Ashley Barton, um, Spider Punk, uh, Spider UK, uh, a ton of them, um, and they show up and they uh, kind of knock them down. And uh, just a brief summary: they they pretty much say, "Hey, your family hasn't treated you well. You know they've they've been uh, put, pushing you away. You know they haven't let you come home in this long." Um, we have these scrolls from the Master Weaver that tell of the prophecy, and uh, you could join us in the fight, and you could uh, do what's right. And it, all, he says, all this time, it was a lie. The centuries I suffered, the pain I inflicted, none of it had to happen. So he's realized that he's killed all these spider totems, and he didn't really have to. Um, and we remember from the prelude that he doesn't actually like killing. He just feels like he has to so he can get home. Right. And and they may make the notice that even if they let you come home, um, they'll be laughing at you when you leave the room. They'll still treat you like the redheaded stepchild. So and a big thing, a big part of this story is that they each give, give Karn a, a little bit of... Um, their essence, you know, so just enough to keep him surviving because we've, they've already made it clear that they have to feed off of some sort of essence to keep going, uh, but not enough to kill any of them. So now Karn is uh, joining them. He walks through the portal and they say, let's hope it uh, was just the first of many um, to pay off. And then they, they leave, and it says, to be continued in Spider-Man 14. So I feel like of all the the uh, Spider-Verse tie-ins, you know, the team-up and the the re- the regular Spider-Verse, this is one of the most important. Oh, my gosh. I 100% agree with what you're saying. Whereas we just said that Spider-Woman number three was the least important, this is the most important. It should have been in the book. That's that big. Definitely. Uh, it's one of the only things that was really left out. Yeah. So 100% agree with everything you just said. I can't believe this wasn't in The Amazing Spider-Man instead. 
or at least like a small part of it to get you to read this. Exactly. Because uh, when you when you read the part in Amazing Spider-Man that says they're going to be doing this thing from this other scroll, it makes it sound like they're just going to go recruit another Spider-Man. You know, you, you don't realize, oh, this is Karn. This is that guy from way back in the the prelude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally agree. And even though the second story wasn't that interesting, this one made this, like, this first story made it totally worth buying this issue. Definitely. Um, so, like we were saying, the, in the second story, um, Mayday Parker uh, is just pretty much talking to Ben, and um, they're just having an, an argument. Um, and there's really not a lot to it. For me, the The only big part that I saw in this was that um, they did discover the mutant spiders that are inside of this facility. Oh, and yeah. Which, those do kind of become important at the end of this whole storyline. That's right. Okay. So this was a pretty important issue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This one, I have to give it five stars from importance, from a standpoint of importance. Like you said, the Mayday Parker story was a tiny bit forgettable. And I, in fact, I did forget about that mutant spider thing, but that will come back at the very end. Good. Should we go on to the next one? Yeah, let's go on. All right, Spider-Man 2099, number eight. Okay, I loved this issue. This was... Matt, love is a strong word. Are you sure you want to go with that? Five stars out of five. <laughs> so this, for me, in a lot of ways, this was almost a lady spider story instead of the Spider-Man 2099, even though he was around, of course. Um, uh, let's see, the, the whole story takes place on her homeworld, which is the steampunk Earth 803. Uh, the two spiders oh yeah in this story this is pretty fun they, they do a little team up against lady spiders villains which are not the sinister six but called the six men of sinistry and that is steampunk versions of green goblin dr octopus mysterio electro vulture and craven the hunter um this is a continuation from where do we first meet lady spider was this in uh edge of spider-verse or I can't remember where we first met her. I think it was an edge. Um, it was because it was one of those books where we were pretty much just introduced to the character. Or yeah, or maybe it was. Um, let me just quickly look. It might have been one of those first anth- anthologies right at the beginning. Yes, it was Spider Verse number one. Okay, so this was in a lot of ways a continuation of that story that we saw. Uh, but no, I found it really enjoyable. Let me see how it how does it all wrap up here uh, after they, they defeat. This version of the Sinister Six, they end up finding and fixing. No, not finding. They had already found it back at the safe zone. They they brought that giant robot back that you liked from that Japanese TV show of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, they brought it to her world so they could fix it, and they did. And then these two spiders uh, and the robot travel to Loom World for the final battle, which we're going to see that soon. Um, but all in all, this issue actually made the steampunk world really intriguing to me. Uh, if it wasn't for the upcoming Secret Wars, I would definitely expect that we would see more of this world in the future. You know, the the end of this issue made me rather sad, though, for um, for the the steampunk spider, the lady spider, uh, because one of the last scenes it's it's showing um, Harold, who is like Harry Osborn, uh, in this world, 
uh, he discovers that um, his father is the Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, it seems we have a problem. And then he shoots him. I know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's just a that scene didn't have to be in the book, but it made the book better because it made you care about Lady Spider and her world. Yeah. And in the in the very last page, it says, I wonder where Harold will take me to dinner. Oh, <laughs> so when, that is sad. <laughs> when she discovers later on that Harold is dead. Man, that's heartbreaking. I know. So basically, if she survives this huge war with the unstoppable inheritors. She's going to get home and find out that her, not her boyfriend, but the guy who's significant who other, I guess yeah, the guy like, she's interested in is dead. So just a great story. I mean, it stood alone even outside of spider verse. Definitely. And then just having that last page of the, the giant robot flying off. Yeah. That, that was great. All right. <laughs> uh, you're in charge of the final, installment it's a little tricky this is the final part of spider-verse but uh which is part six but there's also an epilogue which to me is the bigger finale so do you want to take spider-verse part six amazing spider-man number 14 well let's do it together because this was one of the uh this and the epilogue uh issues were the only two that were the only ones that i um didn't have a chance to reread before we started recording okay i actually just scanned through this issue right before we started recording but didn't make it to 15 so, yeah, why don't you start, and I'll just add in things. Okay. Um, so, uh, we're here in Loom World, and it starts off. And um, and I don't know if they ever actually show it, but uh, in this scene where we see the, uh, the fight between um, Jessica and uh, Spider-Gwen and uh, the goblins that we were talking about in the last issue of Spider-Woman, um, they say that the Inheritors did get Silk. And I don't know if they ever actually show them getting Silk or not. No, I don't that, remember. Was, that was never shown. That Just just a quick line that says, oh, okay, yep, she's she's captured. <laughs> Which I feel like, if since the last Spider-Woman issue was so forgettable, maybe if they would have included that, that would have been one point that could have been important. Yeah, that's a really good point. They should have. That's a great point you just made. Um, So uh, then it shows uh, the inheritors all back in their little uh, the sanctuary where the um, that they have, and it shows the the body of the other Cain, like wrapped up in a web, and I think that pretty much confirms that he's dead. Because yeah, he's dead. Yeah, and. and it also this scene also confirms that Solus is dead because they have this gym um, and it says, this is Solus. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, this is his thoughts, his essence, all that makes your father who he is, is stored on this crystal. So, Oh, yeah, and this uh, is Genix talking, so he's not dead. So that's a confirmation that Genix is living. Yes. So uh, there we know who's dead and who's not. Um, and then they start the ceremony. So they take a knife and they cut open uh, the body of the other um, and let that blood drip down the um, the web of, of the Master Weaver. And then they um, are going to keep uh, doing the ceremony, but then that's when all the Spider-Men start to show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Web Warriors. The Web Warriors, yes, with our um, talking car. 
Um, so um, from here, they do end up uh, doing the second cut on Silk. They uh, cut her, so now they have the blood of the other and the blood of the bride. And as soon as they go to cut open uh, the Scion, uh, that's when the rest of the Spider-Men show up. And this is basically the moment that everyone has been waiting for, the full-on war. Yes, this is the, the war that we got a glimpse of at the end of um, that the other uh, Spider-Verse issue. It is interesting, though, because that, that issue you are just mentioning, the panel there shows so many Spider-Men, and none of them appear here. So uh, I don't feel like Peter has as many warriors or members of his army as you would hope he would have. Yeah, you kind of hope that maybe there are some off-screen that we don't see. But with yeah. there only being, what, like seven or eight um, inheritors, you you feel like if there were more, like all those that we saw on that panel, that you would see them somewhere. I mean, it's not like there's a secondary battle going out in the street. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, exactly. Um, do you want to go from here? Yeah, I'll take, a, I'll take a little bit. I got the uh, got it right here in front of me. So, yeah, the fight starts immediately. Deimos destroys those mechanical arms that Superior Spider-Man uses. Um, we've got uh, the alternate Uncle Ben. He's up to something. I mean, good, but he's being a little sneaky. We don't know exactly what he's doing. It's for the good guys, but uh, we'll find out in a minute what that was all about. And then this moment that I was telling you about while the war is going on, Karn appears. So now to us, we've been reading the tie-ins. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Karn's back. But here's where I big time feel like this failed in the sense of the Spider-Verse event can't be fully grasped from just Amazing Spider-Man because I just I imagine readers getting to this point and they've not read anything else except for the main storyline. And they're like, who is this guy? I've never seen him except for on that one cover. They never explained who he was. Um, so I could see this being disappointing, not to you and me, but mm-hmm. I'm just thinking in the grand scheme, there's going to be people that... Or, okay, I, for example, I looked ahead to see how they're going to release these in trade and hardback versions. So there is going to be a hardback or hardcover version that has all the tie-ins the chronological order reading that we've been doing on these episodes, and you can read it straight through. Pretty thick. But then there's going to be another trade paperback that has only the Amazing Spider-Man issues. So, okay, so somebody, when somebody reads that, thinking they have the full Spider-Verse story, they're going to get to this part and just be super confused as to why they'd never seen this character before. Yeah, and like in this issue, they do say who he is because when he shows up, they say... Um, our brother's exile has been put to an end. With him on our side, this day is as good as one. And then he's on your side. I renounce my inheritance. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. From this day forth, I fight on the side of the righteous. So that's that's nice. But still, if, some, if somebody just picks up this issue, they're like, oh, that was very convenient. That They just happened <laughs> to find another brother that we never heard about. So I'm not personally complaining for myself because... I knew who he was. I just I feel for those who believed you could only read the Amazing Spider-Man. Definitely. Okay, so but that, okay. I do feel like that that is like one of the only points that you needed to really know outside of Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. 
I, yeah, that's true. And I should say, I really like this storyline. Uh, I don't know if I've been emphasizing that enough, but uh, from start to finish, I'm a fan of Spider Verse. I just there's a, if you have to nitpick, that would be one thing I'd nitpick. Um, then we find out on this as we turn the page here what Uncle Ben was up to when he was being a little sneaky. So while the inheritors inheritors were distracted, he swapped out the baby Benji, you know, the the scion. He took him, and then they replaced the baby with Spider Ham, <laughs> who is now out of his costume. He's just a pig with hair, uh, like Peter Parker hair. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I mean, I don't. Why didn't they just let him be a pig? Like, why did they give him hair on his head? It's, I don't know. It, it's <laughs> it's kind of weird. He, he's he's just like a. Well, he has human hands too, though. Oh yeah, I didn't notice that. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so. Uh, who is it here? Is this Morlin? Or I, it's hard to tell sometimes between Morlin and Deimos, but this is Morlin. Goes over to who he thinks is a scion, but surprise, it's actually Spider-Ham <laughs> pretending to be the baby. Uh, meanwhile, the alternate Uncle Ben and the real baby uh, have gotten away to an alternate world. And I'm just going to tell you right now, they went to the MC2 universe. So they are safe and sound there. Then it's, I mean, it's sweet. Spider-Ham is fighting. We've got 616 Peter... Um, I think now I don't know which page you're on as you're flipping through here, but I think uh you know in in that one Edge of Spider Verse story that both you and I liked with the girl with the genetics that allowed her to use that armor. Yeah, the uh, spider that yeah. they spelled weird. Yeah, is that is this uh as you at the top of one of these pages? I think that that's that character, but I can't. T- it also kind of that, looks. That's what it looks like. Yeah, and then but it also uh, kind of looks like an Iron Man armor. It does sort of look similar, but I I think it is that that spider. Okay. You, um, do you want to take it from there? So the next scene with the robot. Yeah. Um. So uh, on the previous page, it says uh, it's time to bring out the big guns. So that's when uh, the that giant robot shows up with um, Spider-Man twenty ninety nine and a lady spider and. Um, and they show up, and uh, they they keep fighting, and then he, um, uh, so the Superior Spider-Man uh, gets a hold of um, the crystal that holds uh, Solus's like essence in it. Um, no, I think this is that's uh, Mayday. Is it? Yeah, that's that's uh, Spider Girl May Parker who has that. Because remember, she's super mad at Deimos because he killed. Her mom and dad and her boyfriend. Oh, oh yeah. Well, it's and she's, so hard to tell them. I know, sometimes. totally. And she had promised in that issue, which was way back, I think, at Amazing 7 or something, um, she had promised that she was going to kill Deimos for what he did. Right. Um, so she has the um, the essence of Solace in his hands. And, and, and then... Next part, it, it is showing superior, uh, Spider-Man because yes. he, he does say, find a superior solution. Um, so if you were unsure of who that was, then uh, it shows you. <laughs> yeah. And um, it actually, he's uh, digging his claws into the Master Weaver. Yeah, this was messed up because, I mean, in his mind, the inheritors are so focused on this prophecy with the other, the bride and the scion, but he realizes none of this is going to work if the master weaver is dead. And I don't actually know why that's true. So 
Well, yeah. with with the, without the master weaver, they they don't have a way to travel between worlds, so they can't. And, and I wouldn't that like destroy the web around the master weaver? Yeah, probably. You're probably right, but it it's still sort of evil for Otto just it, to kill this guy. Definitely. Um. But then we we get um, Mayday, who I uh, who's. She's seeing how like broken down they are, um, and she says, "I won't do it. I won't seek vengeance only for justice." And then uh, one of the inheritors says, "Thank you," and she says, "I'm not doing it for you." So that's that right there kind of shows Mayday going back to how Peter Parker would have would have lived. You know, it, and we talked about before how after. Her dad and her mom and dad had been killed. Um, that's when she had that turning point where she would be willing to kill. Right. Um, this seems to be that redemption point where she's like, "I'm not going to be like that. I want to be like my dad." Yeah, I was glad for this scene. I wasn't surprised because you can't have Mayday killing people. But yeah, so she well, you le- could. She, she lets <laughs> she lets Deimos live, and then Peter has a plan to stop Moralin again. Pause for David. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just seeing a fight here. Um, okay, and this is where they uh, they teleport them to that world uh, that they were at before, um, which is the, uh, the world where uh, the Uncle Ben Spider-Man came from. Yeah, nuclear radiation. The, the nuclear place which it, they've already made it clear that they can't that the inheritors can't live there they can't breathe there um so they take them all there and then they put them inside of that um that holder where where they were uh all staying which has those spiders on it yeah the bunker so he gives them instructions on how to get to the bunker and those spiders that we had seen inside of the um, the Spider Verse team up are, are what they're going to be feeding on. Which does that say that in this issue, or is no, that in that? I think that's the next one. Oh well, spoiler. No, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, and then so Moreland gets stuck there. Peter goes back to the Loom World. Silk actually helps him out. Uh, and then we just see a caption that says, Later. And then all the inheritors are being tied up and sent through the portal to the radiation world. And like we said, there's instructions on how to get to the bunker there. So that's the end of the inheritors. So they beat them in this issue by trapping them on that world. And then it ends in sort of a sort of a conclusion, but also kind of like, what's going to happen now? Because all the spiders are still together when this issue ends. And... Um, so I was excited to read the next issue to find out how they, you know, where do they all go from here? What's the plan? But this issue ends with Silk and Peter hugging. <laughs> and holding hands. Holding hands, yeah. <laughs> hey, did you read? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask if you wanted to go over uh, Spider-Woman 4 as well. Yes, and again, this is another one that can be summarized really quickly. So, you know, this is post the war now, but still in Loom World. Jessica convinces her counterpart, you know, kind of the evil double, who's not exactly evil. She's just not as good as our Jessica. 
Uh, she's more willing to do villainous things, but not necessarily bad. So she convinces this Jessica that she could be the face of a new government in Loom World, just to keep order and peace. And so she agrees to be the the new leader of Loom World. So that kind of just helps uh, make it so that it's not like this war, the, uh, that through this war, the Spires didn't leave a world in upheaval. So... I don't think this would have been like I don't know a lot of people would have thought about this, but it's interesting that they did touch on the fact that with the inheritors gone, there's no one to run the world, so there should be some sort of leader. So this alternate Jessica Drew gets to take that role. Then we flash forward. I think it says uh, three days later, uh, Jessica Drew is back on Earth six one six. She's talking with uh, her friend Ms. Marvel. And uh, just to summarize quickly, she eventually talks to Cap and tells him that she wants to leave the Avengers. And then later we find out she wants to get a new costume as well. So big changes ahead for Jessica Drew of 616. Yeah. So the the actual like epilogue to Spider-World is really just the like first half of this issue. Right. And the other part is used to really... In some ways, the other part, it should have been issue number one of her series. Right. Yeah. So then, and I, I've i seen the costume. I haven't read the issue, Spider, uh, Spider-Woman number five, but I've seen the costume. Have you seen the new costume she's going to wear? Yeah. Um. Actually, the, the very like last page of this issue online oh, shows it, yeah. like a preview of the next one, and it shows her new costume. Uh, are you a fan of the new one? It's different. Um, looks like more spy like to me. Yeah, like her. Well, her mask looks like sunglasses. Totally. So. I mean, from a superhero standpoint, I like her current costume better. But I know for modern times, and if they ever want to make a movie <laughs> of Spider Woman, <laughs> this costume would work better. Definitely, and and it's they probably will make a movie eventually because they're going to make a movie for everything. And we we made it. David, we're at the final issue for Spider-Verse, and uh, all this time we've been doing all these podcasts, and here we are, issue 15 of Amazing Spider-Man, this great epilogue. Well, let's just go back and forth. Go ahead. All right. I, I'm opening it up still, so you start it off. All right. Uh, I'll, I'm just going to... For this one, I'm not going to read my summary that I've already written up. I'm just going to flip through the pages. So, opens on Loom World. Uh, we've got Peter congratulating Mayday on um, doing the right thing and not killing Deimos. <laughs> so <laughs> then she goes back to her world, MC2 universe, and she sees alternate Uncle Ben with Benji. And guess what? Good news. Some of the people we thought were dead are still alive. Both Mary Jane, the her mom, the older version of Mary Jane, and Wes, uh, Mayday's boyfriend, are still alive. So Peter, the older Peter, did die, her dad. Um but it's nice that our mom's still alive. So in some ways, this sets up, if they wanted to continue the story, if they wanted to do a new series of MC2 universe comics, this is, would be the new status quo. Mayday, her mom, her baby brother Benji, her boyfriend Wes, and Uncle Ben, instead of going back home to his nuclear war world, he's going to stay and uh, live with this family. Which makes sense, because since the inheritors are in the bunker... There's not really anywhere he could go in that nuclear war place. Totally. And also, why would you want to go back and live in a bunker? 
right <laughs> uh and then to close out this little section of the story uh mary jane gives her daughter peter's old costume the old spider-man costume and she decides this is a mayday decides that instead of going by spider girl from now on she's gonna go by spider woman and she's she's grown up from this story she's grown up so that's that do you want to take the next little story well um from there it, it it sort of uh, just shows the different Spider-Men uh, going back to their home worlds um, and uh, just sort of saying bye to each other. And from here, um, everyone's spider sense starts going off. And um, at first, they want to, they almost want to start blaming it on Karn. Like, Karn, is, is this your doing? Um, and he says, it's not me. So uh, then they realize that uh, the superior Spider-Man is is missing, so uh, they find him. They say, "What are you doing?" And he's destroying the fabric of reality. Well, um, he's cutting he's cutting the web, which is the tapestry of the entire multiverse. And and by doing so, yeah, he, like you said, he's destroying the fabric of reality. In some ways, I thought it would be funny if I mean th- this is not the case, but what if he was the person that was behind all the incursions in uh, the Avengers storyline <laughs> and causing secret wars because he's cutting up this web of life and destiny. That's not the case, but um, it almost seems like he's making the multiverse collapse by doing that. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. And, and well, and this is, um, this is when Otto comes out and he says, I know that you're a future version of me. I know that I lose. Um, and and that's why he's cutting this up because he's saying no one uh, controls my destiny except for me. Um, so then uh, it flashes back to, to Earth 616 and uh, Julia Carpenter, who is um, the current Madam Webb, uh, wakes up from her coma and she starts screaming that the great web of life and destiny is being severed. Yeah. And now that we know how this issue ends, I'm sort of surprised they flashed to this character because Dan Slott has used Madam Web back and forth throughout his run. But, mm-hmm. I mean, we know everything's going to be fine in just a few pages. So it's kind of weird that they did this little scene <laughs> other than just to remind people that Julia Carpenter, Carpenter exists. Right. <laughs> hey, one last thing before I forget. Um, when... Peter's trying to yell to Otto to stop. He doesn't call him Otto. He says, Superior, <laughs> because we know him as Superior Spider-Man. And then in another issue before, when he was contacting Spider-Man 2099, he just calls him 2099, which is what yeah. you and I want to do as readers, because we don't want to say the full title. But it's then, funny inside the story to have Peter calling all these people by their title names. And uh, Lady Spider actually calls him out on it. Yeah. Because he's like, are you addressing the entire 2099 yeah. universe? Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, okay, keep going. Sorry about that. Um, so, um, that's when uh, they, uh, they're like, everyone get back to you, except for the 616 people, get back to your universes as quick as you can um, because you might not have another chance. Um, so uh, that's when uh, they all leave, and um, so the 616 people are trying to figure out what to do, and they all go fight uh, the superior Spider-Man. So then you have a, a small fight between 
um, Spider Woman and uh, uh, our Spider Man, uh, Peter. And uh, they're stopping him. Hey, before we talk about that fight, one yes. interesting thing is, um, you know, Peter sends away Spider Gwen to go back to her world while she still can, and he sends uh, Spider Man twenty ninety nine back. But what I wanted to stop and say is, mm-hmm. you know, we've been reading Miguel in twenty fourteen as uh, as another Spider Man in twenty fourteen, even though he's actually from twenty ninety nine, and he had a storyline going on there. He had a job. Um, uh, cast members for his for his series so i've read only one issue past this and so i i won't talk too much about that but he he returns back to his home world which you know makes sense you want to go back home but what's going to happen with this cast that they started to build up for four issues are they just kind of done with that now or you think he'll go to the future but then have to come back again you know i hadn't even thought of about that because i haven't read anything after this and um hey you want to know you- Want to know what happens just in the first issue after this? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I don't know if you ever read the storyline from the 90s called Future Imperfect. It was a Hulk storyline. Did you ever read that? Uh, I might have, but go ahead and refresh my memory. And it takes place in the future. Hulk gets uh, sent to the future, and he meets a villain. who, And I won't tell you too much about the villain, but the villain's name is the Maestro. And so when Miguel gets back to 2099, his world is in shambles. Now, keep in mind, he just left there not too long ago with Lady Spider. So he has been to his home world recently, but by the time he gets there, it's like total wasteland. And we find out that the maestro has taken over. But the maestro in Hulk's uh, storyline, which I was mentioned is called Future Imperfect, he's not supposed to show up for a long time. So uh, we don't know why he is out of his regular timeline. So there's more time travel shenanigans in Spider-Man 2099. Oh, man. Yeah. So, anyways, okay. Now back to the fight. So, like you said, everybody leaves except for the six one six characters. So, Spider Girl, right. Spider Woman, Spider Man, and Silk are left, and it's also Superior Spider Man. Karn is around, and Master Weaver, and those are all the characters that are left. Right. Well, the dead Master Weaver. Right. And um, so uh, S- Spider Girl, um, that's what she goes by, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, she she gets up there and she can read all these these languages uh, as we figured out earlier and so she gets the dagger um, that the superior Spider-Man was using and um, she reads on it there shall always be a master weaver spinning at the center of the web and um, Silk I, I guess she says maybe I should take the place of the weaver you know that, maybe that's my destiny uh, because since she's been locked in a bunker, uh, pretty much her entire life, she doesn't really she doesn't have a, a family or anyone to go back to. Um, so she feels like I, I should take up this mantle, and uh, this will be the way that I help save the world. Um, and uh, but then Karn says. Um, I was cast out of my family for centuries, locked away inside this mask. I would not wish such a thing on another. And then um, uh, they take uh, the the mask off of uh, the Master Weaver, and uh, she says, "I'm I'm going to do it. I'm going to put the gear on." And uh, she's 
she says, uh, part of me thought that the weaver would be someone that we knew, which was going back to what you said, I think, in our last episode, where you thought that maybe the master weaver might be like a, a Peter. Yeah, I thought it would be an alternate version of Peter. But they say, I've never seen that face before. And then Karn says, I have. And he takes off his helmet. And guess what, David? What? The master weaver is Karn. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> How is that possible? It's you. He's some old version of you, they say. And then... I don't know. So that, uh, just to summarize, they basically say, it's time travel stuff. You know? It's, it's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's basically what the explanation, right? Just yeah. that it's out. Things are outside of time, but, but it's awesome. What I really like with this is while this is all happening, we still get this battle against Superior Spider-Man, a, a character I like so much. I just noticed Spider UK is still around too because he's part of the Captain Britain Corps, so he can travel around uh, multiverses as well. So, Karn using his little staff thing opens up the suit that the master weaver was using and he puts himself inside and he becomes the new master weaver meanwhile peter defeats the superior spider-man by saying the day wait what does he say on the day you sacrifice everything oh he kind of teases him as what's about to happen but uh we already know that yeah so then master weaver using his teleportation slash portal opening powers, opens a portal to the Superior Spider-Man's home time, I guess to say, because it's still 616 universe. Right. But uh, it's an earlier point, and it's a great, for you and me who read Superior Spider-Man, it's a great tie-in to that issue number 19 of Superior Spider-Man where he pops back into his time. Yeah, he, he had disappeared, and we didn't really know where he had gone. Yeah, so before he goes through the Master Weaver's portal, Otto says, this can't be the end. Not for the ma- not for a man of my genius. You'll see. And then this picks <laughs> up perfectly. The line continues way back in Superior Spider-Man 19, but here we see it again. Uh, you'll see. I'll find a way. You haven't heard the last of Doctor... What? Where am I? And then he kind of... I, now, I don't know the explanation to this, but he actually loses all memory of what happened while he was outside of time. See, and that's what, that's kind of one thing that confuses me is like, how would he just lose all of his memory like that? Yeah, I mean, there's no explanation unless the Master Weaver made him, but they should have just said, I took away his memories, don't worry. I I almost would have liked it better if he had remembered it, and then when when he um, gives up, like, and... Give, gives Peter back control uh, when he says like I can't do it. It would all it would have almost made more sense because he already knows that Peter gets control back. Yeah, yeah. But I, no explanation for that. So right, I but, guess that, that's a little bit of a hole plot hole wise. But I still like I still like Superior Spider-Man and I still like how they used him here. Yeah, I just I hope we we get more of Superior sometime. I know. I don't know how they'll do it, but I hope so. Um, should we go towards the wrap-up here? So, Spider UK says that his Earth is now gone because of all the incursions. Now, that's what's happening over with Time Runs Out in the Avengers uh, Avengers titles. So, 
he decides he's going to start traveling the multiverse to help out in all the different universes where there is no longer a spider totem because of the inheritors. And then spider girl says, Hey, I'll go with you. And I, (laughs) this kind of makes sense to me because she's the least important of all the six, one, six spider characters. So why not give her something unique to do? So team up between six, one, six spider girl and spider UK together. Now there'll be a spider team to travel the multiverse setting, right? What is going wrong? And I like that. And, um, now, it, it, I, when you read this, it makes sense why Spider-Girl wasn't in the Spider-Woman uh, epilogue. Yes, that's true. Because Which I'd never noticed until just now. Yeah, because they have been <laughs> sort of teaming up a lot in recent Marvel titles. So, yeah, that's true. Uh, then we get to this point that you had mentioned with the mutated spider things. Do you want to talk about that in the in the bunker? Oh, um. Yeah, uh, they'd say, speaking of the big bad guys, uh, we're sure that radioactive world can hold them and, you know, not kill them. I mean, uh, don't they need to eat spider totems to live? Uh, it's, and then Karn says, not true. My kind can feast off any animal totems, any animal, really. Uh, so that goes back to what you were talking about earlier with they don't really need the spiders to live. That's just their their delicacy, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> um he says, unfortunately for them, the bunker you left for them on Earth uh, 3145 was teeming with one form of life. See? Uh, more than enough to s- sustain them if they can stomach it. You, those mutated uh, spider things. And then it actually says in the corner, see um, Spider-Verse team up number three. And then it's really, I mean, at this point, we're at the end. There is a little bit of a tease as to a a Secret Wars title. So during Secret Wars, there's going to be a bunch of spinoff series. I'd already mentioned earlier today the Thor's spinoff series, and I mentioned Renew Your Vows. There's also going to be one called Secret Wars colon Spider-Verse, and this is going to feature Spider-UK, Spider-Girl, and then a team of other Spider-People we've seen. And I don't know what the story is going to be, of course, because it hasn't happened yet, but they have already released the names of people that will be there. Uh, and you can see a picture of them right here. It's uh, May Day Parker, the new Spider-Woman from MC2. you got Spider-Ham going to be in that Secret Wars series. Uh, Spider-Man Noir makes his return. Which, which seeing him there, um, I, I mean, you know that he's going to get better. Yes, so. which, is, which is good. Uh, the Spider-Man from India, which... The writers of this series have kind of given him special attention, saying, I, I think it, for two reasons. I think, in one hand, he may be the character that people feel least connected to because we didn't really get to know him. Um, uh, and then, secondly, uh, because of that lack of connection, we also have less information about him. So, uh, in the early press releases about this upcoming Secret Wars Spider Verse title, they've been saying he that character is really going to be explored and he's sort of a focal point. So, and then the fifth member that I haven't mentioned is Spider-Gwen. Actually, not fifth, seventh. So Spider-Girl, Spider-Woman, Spider-UK, Spider-Ham, Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Man from India, and Spider-Gwen all together for this upcoming Secret Wars series. Are you going to read it, David? I probably will. I mean, I, I feel like I have to. We've already read everything else, Spider-Verse. Right. Well, and not only that, but I, I have a feeling once uh, Secret Wars really starts, I, I'll... I'll probably that'll probably be the next big thing that I read most of. I don't know if I'll read every crossover like I did mm-hmm. for Spider Verse, just because from what I hear, there's going to be quite a few. Of them. Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, 
but I'll probably read as many as I can afford. Yeah, I'll read. So the main series, I believe, is eight issues long, Secret Wars. So I'll read that, and then I'll read the uh, Spider-Verse tie-ins. I'll read Renew Your Vows. And then one I have to read that's not Spider-Man related is they're doing a series that's set in the universe of the 1992 X-Men, the animated series world. Oh, I, I'd heard about that. I have to read that. Yeah, so I'll read that. I'll read those three, and that's probably it. Okay, so we, I mean, this is basically the end of the book. We've been talking around it, but the 616 characters go back to their home world. And everything is back to normal. So it says, for more on Silk, check out Silk number one. And for more on Spider-Woman, go to Spider-Woman number five. So I did read Silk number one. Did you happen to look at that? I did not. I mean, it's not the best thing ever. And I'm only going to read... I bought the first issue, but then I'll read the rest in trade. Uh, I don't even know if there's anything much I want to say about it. it. I mean... It was a pretty good read. It sets up the a new mythology for Silk, which is kind of cool. Uh, her mission in her series is going to be to find her family that she had to leave behind when she entered that bunker 10 years ago. So uh, that will be fun. And in the meantime, she's going to be working for a TV station as a reporter. She'll be, and J. Jonah Jameson is a part of her cast instead of Spider-Man's cast. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So Spider-Verse is done. Well... You missed one thing. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Not. I know. Just, I know what you're gonna say. Go it, ahead. It, and it's kind of big. You know, um, back before they all the six one six people go back to their uh, back to their world. Um, there's it's a quick scene. It, it's it doesn't really show a lot, but it hints at something huge. Um, they say, uh, "Rest up, and tomorrow we shall start anew." And when they say that, you see a hand bursting out of the the corpse of the other. A human hand. A human hand. Oh, so Kane's still alive. Yeah, so it it, it implies that Kane lives. So um, we haven't seen anything yet of Kane, but but it implies that he he shall live again. Wow, David, this was a super sized episode. We've been talking for. I mean, I I don't know. Once we edit, almost, almost two and a half hours. Yeah, once we edit some of the things out uh, of this episode, I'm not sure what the final count will be. But yeah, as I record here, I'm looking at two and a half hours. So. Um, thanks so much for joining me on this Spider-Verse journey. Oh, well, thanks. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. It's, yeah, it's been fun to read through these issues with you and talk them through. And yeah, you had some good insights that I hadn't picked out. So I was glad to have you here for that. Um, before we close, I'll let you plug anything you want. And I, I, I know we're getting close to, I mean, it's already big, uh, time wise, but do you want to talk about any recommendations for things you're reading outside of Spider-Verse? Um, Honestly, uh, I've been on a tight budget, so I haven't been able to read a whole lot lately. Um, I, I have been listening to a lot of podcasts, and I want to say to everyone, if you haven't listened to the uh, the Hell episodes of the Sci-Fi Christian, you should definitely go check those out. Um, Matt and uh, Ben DeBono have some very interesting uh, things to say about Hell and the way that we view them. So. Yeah, well, thank you for that. Yeah, on, on The Sci-Fi Christian, which you can find at thesci-fi-christian.com, we've in the past, we've done a lot on movies and television and mix in some philosophy sometimes. And I feel like this year, we're trying to f- uh, focus more in on theology, philosophy, and literature, as opposed to a lot of movies and TV. So uh, that's been sort of the focus for this. Uh, this is our fourth full... Wait, we started in 2011. So yeah, I think we're in the middle of our fourth year of podcasting with that. So... Yeah, um, thank you for that. Yeah, that, it, that, those were some good episodes. Uh, just even for myself to learn more about 
uh, hell and different interpretations on hell. So, uh, all right. Well, my recommendation, I think I did this on a previous episode, but I've continued to enjoy the silver surfer. Uh, I've con- uh, I don't know if you've read that, but definitely checked out in trades, David. Uh, it's by the same guy that writes Spider-Man, Dan Slott. I love what he's doing with silver surfer. So that's been really fun. Um, I checked out, I usually, not always, but I try to check out the first issues of, of things. I did, for Ben Avery's sake, read the first issue of Howard the Duck recently. <laughs> uh, I, How was that? I mean, I'm not a longtime fan of the character, so I thought it was okay. I, I'm interested to hear what Ben Avery thinks, if he loved it. Uh, but it does set up sort of a, a new storyline for, for Howard going forward. Um, my only, um, my only, the only thing that I know Howard the Duck from is the movie. Oh, so I, you didn't know he existed before that? Well, I knew he existed. I've just never read anything. So yeah, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else besides because I've talked a lot about Avengers on this on this podcast. Um, I haven't. I'm not fully caught up. But if you've ever read, this is an Image comic called Morning Glories. Uh, has sort of a Lost feel, and I really like the TV show Lost. So I love Lost. Oh, I, I would say just check out Volume One of Morning Glories by Image. That's one I really like a lot also. So those are some recent recommendations. And like I said, I've been reading Spider-Gwen. I don't feel like I can fully recommend it yet. I think it's okay. But if you love the Spider-Man universe, then maybe it's worth your time. Um, so I think that's it. Should we just should we wrap this up and get out of here? Oh, oh one last thing. Uh, I've been reading Multiversity, which is a DC storyline, again, about the multiverse. Uh, probably- Has that gotten any better? Because I oh. heard that at first it was kind of slow. It wasn't. Oh, for me, it wasn't slow. It was just a little bit confusing. But I love it. I really love it. So, uh, I, these are. I feel like though, because these are things I've enjoyed. I've been talking about them on the Comic Book Time Machine, and I'm pretty sure that me, Ben, and Daniel will come back together to wrap up our series on multiversity soon. So, well, everybody, thanks for sticking with us on this long Spider Verse episode. I'm Matt Anderson. I'm David Hunt, and we are signing off.